What ho, podcast pals, and welcome to Wednesday, that period of the week marked by an almost cosmic equipoise, the eye, if you will, of our seven-day hurricane, wherein all becomes beset by an unearthly stillness, and the slightest stir can define whether or not we're having a jolly lark of a week or the most fearful shocker. That's not always the case, of course. Thursday and Friday could bring about any number of changes and surprises, from the death of a parent to a chance encounter with an uninhibited gender-fluid soulmate, which could trounce previous metrics and make it the best or worst week of one's life, depending upon how much one values shallow carnal gratification or how much one stands to gain from the dear departed's will. For my own part, the death of Foxy Senior netted me a half-decent acoustic guitar and a second-hand Xbox One for the kid, so you can make of that what you will. And making of something what you will seems to be very much in vogue at the moment, do it not? The avalanche of ghastliness and dishonesty that is thundering down upon us in the light of the current uh, coronavirus inquiry. I'm old-fashioned and almost pathologically polysyllabic, so I'm afraid Covid simply doesn't do it for me, cats and kittens. Uh, It has uh, proved that over the past few days... Well, I say avalanche and thunder down, but uh, I might be overstating things a little... Uh, Given the media's tendency to consider the coverage of a post-mortem of the government's uh, handling of an epoch-defining public health crisis of far less import than Gaza, or which mud-spattered oaf was named Footballer of the Year, I might just as well have said, light summer shower and gently played upon, might I not? Yes, it's all there, but uh, not as constantly and as voluminously as one might have hoped for. Were I of a cynical bent? I might have imagined a scenario where in Boris Johnson, Benjamin Netanyahu and the Hamas leadership got together in a smoke-filled room to arrange a monstrous welter of indiscriminate carnage and atrocity simply to push Bojo's handling of the pandemic down the running order. I'm not, though. Or, at the very least, if I am, the sheer difficulty of doing three voices, two of which would be problematically racist, put me off making much of it. But let's put that aside, shall we? It's unlikely, after all, that there won't be other chances to castigate the media mavens for their editorial choices at some point depressingly soon in the near future, eh what? The deliquescent maggot-ridden flesh is available for those with the vulture-like neck and indomitable digestive tract necessary to consume it, so let's have a butcher's, shall we? All in all, it's a shabby and deeply dispiriting affair. To cram it into an audible nutshell so far, Baroness Hallett's autopsy has dug any number of uh, ineffably deformed and monstrous organs, rapacious mutant tumours and toxin-bulged cysts from the corpse of yesteryear, and each and every one of them have told her, and by extension us, that everything that happened was everybody else's fault. You may, discriminating and sensitive auditor that you are, have noticed a certain neutrality of tone there, and certainly as I spoke those words, I felt about as much of a sense of drama and thrilling disclosure about them as might a BBC continuity announcer telling viewers that Marty Pello is about to launch yet another comeback on The One Show, or The Talking Clock about to tell somebody that uh, 3.16pm will shortly become 3.17pm precisely. You see... In our soundbite-driven post-truth world, the actual facts of who did or didn't do what might matter to historians 200 years hence, but to us, we poor beleaguered bastards in the here and now, the inquiry will reveal only what we want it to reveal. 
I don't, of course, include anyone here in spirit with Arkham and myself in the sylvan isolation of the happy place. We're all about facts and objectivity, naturellement. But for a lot of punters, this is just another example of the establishment marking its own homework, and they will, at the risk of becoming repetitive, make of it what they will. For many, it will be all the fault of a privileged, entitled civil service, whose bland mandarins are more concerned with their pensions and almost organic elevation to the peerage than the greater good. For others, it will all have been the fault of Boris Johnson and his chums, each one of them more hell-bent on grubbing for votes and backhanders from donors or pals whose bike repair business could become a PPE supplier at the drop of a suitably doctored contract. People will believe, sad to say, what they want to believe, and small wonder too, because the chances are that both factions might be right, at least up to a point. Look at the testimony of Dominic Cummings. The former top boy for the PM painted a picture of secrecy of self-serving, self-interested factions within both the Cabinet and the Civil Service, in which the best interests of the public came a distant second, if that. Uh, whatever one's political leanings, it's very tempting to believe that, is it not? Even though Mr Cummings is unquestionably, and I think I'm right in saying vocally, dedicated to pulling down Johnson's edifice of self-aggrandising nonsense, as well as being a proven liar, and he absolutely bally well is, you know, um, all that fearful rot about taking that family drive because he wanted to test his eyesight, leave it right the fuck out, I mean to say. I mean, I'm pretty much blind at this point, but even if I had the slightest idea that my vision might be just about functional, I'd, I'd sooner leave my family, even Arkham, next to a slavering pack of starving wolves than invite them to get into a car with me behind the wheel. No, Cummings is without doubt a sleazy fuckstump, but he is at least a competent sleazy fuckstump, and while I wouldn't trust him as far as I could toss a bull by its balls left-handed, I think his innate sense of superiority and his own worth, at least in terms of the darker of the dark arts, do render him a reasonable judge of the efficacy of others, if not of their ethics. The fact that he has also lambasted both the politicos and the permanent administrative staff as being more interested in their own prospects than anything else lends him at least a wit of credibility. That being said, there was many a mordant chuckle to be found in his remarks uh, that he had warned Johnson against Matt Hancock, apparently saying of the latter, quote, I think leaving Hancock in post is a big mistake. He is a proven liar who nobody believes or should believe on anything, and we face going into an autumn crisis with the cunt in charge of the NHS still, unquote. All rather like Harold Shipman taking Fred West aside to let him know that Dennis Nilsson looks as though he could be a bit on the murdery side, isn't it? To some extent, it was a matter of competence as much as honesty or intent. The COVID-19 situation was undoubtedly uncharted waters, and even now, various medical and scientific authorities seem undecided on how it should have been handled. Some argue that with a pretty low fatality rate, only the most vulnerable should have been isolated and protected, with others left to develop some sort of herd immunity, while others maintain that it was, and indeed still is, a situation that imperils everybody, potentially, regardless of their age or pre-existing conditions. Ultimately, I suppose that time will tell. It usually does, as the Seventh Doctor once memorably observed. But uh, during those bewildering and conflicted months and years, time was at a premium, so perhaps it really was hard to know what should be done for the best. 
The inquiry, still ongoing, however, has revealed that there was a collective failure of the Swadesant Great and the Good to seriously factor that question into their decisions and were instead driven by thoughts of personal gain, career prospects and how their actions would play on the telly. That is the takeaway I have, for want of a better phrase, taken away from what I've learnt this week. And you can, for the fourth time, make of that what you will, because every other cunt will be doing that. Of that you can be sure. The important thing to remember, podcast pals, is that uh, whatever the inquiry finds, there will be essentially no consequences. The tide of politics is swift and merciless, and most of those who were in the hot seat then are more or less untouchable now. Some are in the House of Lords, some are writing for the Daily Mail. Dr Death is still in number 10, I suppose, but given what he's already gotten away with, I can't say that uh, I feel that an official reprimand or rebuke, even from a baroness, will sting too much when the electorate have shown him the door and he and his wife's money are living it up in the USA. Maybe we, as a nation, will learn something from this shit show, but frankly, I rather fancy that we, as a nation, are, for the most part, far too polarised and beset by petty partisan piss-wankery for the lessons to sink in to any reasonable extent. Well, we'll be back on Friday with frowns on our faces and with a song in our hearts. Join us, why don't you? And until that time then, cheerio. (laughs) 